Welcome to the Daddy Sharp Podcast, episode number 52. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And John, we're just a couple of dads who break down the games your square hole buddies are too scared to break down. Oh, Luke, and we got some good ones this week. Let your buddies lose those paychecks betting on the SEC games. We've got your best bets in conferences like the Mountain West, AAC, the Sun Belt. Who else does that? And Conference USA. Ooh, I love it. And this week, we've got a lot of cool things going on, John. We Ooh. we get to share the first Daddy Sharp's NFL best bets of the new season. How good are you? I finally uh, here. Uh, finally. <laughs> also, we're sharing a ton of more featured bets for free on our website. Just go to daddysharps.com. And oh, oh, this is a good one here. Right here in the podcast, we will be chatting with the godfather of analytics, the creator of DVOA, Aaron Schatz. He's got some great information for us. One of which, what is the worst bet in NFL this year? He's going to tell you coming right up. Oh, I've got some guesses. I've got some guesses. But, but <laughs> yes. But before we get there, before we get to Aaron, we've got to, you know, we got to clear up uh, and recap our best bets from last week. Not the best week for me. For you, pretty good. Uh, for me, not so good. Let's recap, John. Go ahead. It was not a good Daddy Sharps week. We went one and one, but the season is young. South Florida versus Western Kentucky. I liked Western Kentucky to cover the 11 and a half and the Hilltoppers cover, winning by 17. But some fatherly advice here. The star wide receiver, Corley, that I talked about last week, this guy went down in the very first quarter for Western Kentucky. They still covered. But if you're going back to the well again this week, check that man's status. Also, Oh, man, I was was a little wrong here. Washington State versus Colorado State. Yikes. I said take Colorado State 11 and a half. The Cougs are in a rebuild, only returning four starters. Uh, Luke, Washington State crushed the Rams by a score of 50 to 24. And that score is actually generous. It was not even that close. (laughs) I I didn't see that coming either. That was ridiculous. But uh, speaking of bad opening weeks for me, 0-2. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. But it's not going to be like that ever again. I promise you. My first best bet, UTSA Houston. Um, I said take the over. That was a loser. Arkansas State at Oklahoma. My God. You know, take the under in that one because I said Oklahoma's going to shut them out. And, uh, And they did. They shut out the Red Wolves, but they also put up 73 on their own. I guess Oklahoma wanted to prove more of a statement than than uh, anything, and they and they they certainly did that. Uh, awesome. All right, let's just move on. We're gonna move uh, on. We're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move on to our best bets for Week Two in college football. John, you're gonna start us off. I'm super excited about your bets. Yes, I'm going back to the well. One of my favorite schools to bet on here. I got Sam Houston State versus Air Force. Air Force favored by 15 and a half. The over under right now around 37 and a half. My best bet here, Air Force minus 15 and a half. So here we are, Air Force up to their old tricks again. One game already in the books, 374 rushing yards last week versus a D2 school. But the season is young. And still, these guys are leading the nation in rushing. 
crazy third strongest rushing attack in the country. On the other side of the ball, you have Sam Houston, a Division II school coming up to Division I for the first time this year. One weekend, and they're still searching for the first points of the year. BYU shut him out. Welcome to the big leagues, boys. Sam Houston played two D1 schools the last two seasons. They were outscored 45 to nothing. So you see a little, little thing here, Luke. This team hasn't scored in a D1 in two years. <laughs> this team is still looking Not to good. score those first points at this level. For years, we all know the Air Force offense is one of the toughest things to prepare for. Take a look at these numbers. I looked at their last five non-Army, Navy, non-Mountain West teams. So basically, I'm looking at teams that these guys haven't seen before. They haven't seen Air Force before. In those five games, Air Force has beat their opponent by an average of 28 points. Uh, we're getting 15 and a half here. I like it. That's going to be my best bet. Air Force minus 15 and a half. I like that too. And they're, 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 they, they do it kind of every year, man. They get these big blowout games and yes. uh, yeah, they, they, they cover the spread a lot. Yep. All right, man. For my first one, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm going back to the well of You're sorts, going back. if you will. I'm going, you know, sooner, boomer, sooner, <laughs> boomer, sooner, SMU, it's Oklahoma. Go. Yeah. Oklahoma favored by 16 and a half in this one. The over under 70 and a half. I think that's skewed because they won 73-0 last week. But look, Oklahoma put a whooping on Arkansas State. We talked about that. Uh 73-0 in a home opener. Oklahoma trying to make a statement, and they did. But this week, it's time, John, to fade the Sooners. Oh, Look, I like SMU. SMU is a front runner to, to to win the possibly to to win the AAC this season. I, I mean, this is a good team. Their new quarterback, Preston Stone, twenty three for thirty seven last week, two hundred and forty eight yards and three tutties in a win against Louisiana Tech. SMU will look to air it out on the Sooners' defense that proved they could shut out probably. <laughs> the worst team in in the FSB, so or yeah, FBS. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, th there you go. Uh, look, my best bet: take SMU and the points. Oh, plus sixteen and a half. They will cover. So you're you're not seeing marquee matchups on this on this Daddy Sharp's podcast. We're taking we're taking the the bets that nobody is really looking at. And I'm I'm looking at what could be, what should be, what I think's gonna be a blowout. UNLV versus Michigan. Michigan right now is favored 35 and a half. Last time I checked, the over-under is 57 and a half. My best bet here, Michigan, minus 35 and a half. UNLV, they're led by senior quarterback Doug Brumfield. He's a Russian quarterback, as seen last week, with only 86 yards passing and 49 yards rushing. In fact, in the 44 to 7 blowout of the D2 school, they had no passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. The reason I mention this, Luke, they are a slower-paced team that depends on the run to win games. If Michigan gets up early, even as little as 10 points, which everyone expects they will, UNLV will have to throw, and that is not in their strong suit. Michigan, they get offensive coordinator and play caller back this week. He was suspended for the first game. He actually watched it at Jim Harbaugh's house, my man, of all places, because Harbaugh is also missing this game, too, for some violations during covid the quarterback's coach last week, he was calling the plays. The D.C. acted as the coach. And so for this matchup, 
the DC is going back to his role, calling defensive plays. The offensive coordinator is going back to his role. He's calling the plays again, while the special team coach and Mr. Harbaugh's son will be acting as the coach. And then at halftime, the running back coach will be doing the head coaching duties. So basically what I'm saying here, you got your main play callers back, my man. Last week, they already won by 33. I think they're going to be able to cover the spread here. ECU, they got their lone points last week against Michigan on the final play of the game, a field goal. And speaking of field goals, my man, the kicker for Michigan, this guy was kicking for the first time on the team. He's a transfer from Louisville. Pretty good at Louisville. He missed a few extra, an extra point and a field goal in this last game. I expect him to be much more comfortable in the upcoming game. Also went back and looked at the last three years of Michigan's first two games of the season. Now check this out. Some NFL teams may want to get this schedule maker. Usually they play the first three games of the season at home against cupcakes. Since 2021, they played Western Michigan, Washington, Colorado State, Hawaii, and Eastern Carolina last week. In those five games, they win by an average of 34 points a game. The spread here, 35 and a half. Another interesting tidbit, my man, in that stretch, they played two Mountain West teams and beat them both by an average of 45 points. Luke, do you have any idea what conference UNLV is in? <laughs> SEC. No, wait, we don't bet them. We don't bet them because that, that that's a stupid. Uh, I'm going to say Mountain West, my man. Mountain West? Mountain West, baby. Oh. So the, the conference that they're best against? They get to play him here. My best bet here, take Michigan minus 35 and a half. They got their OC and DC back. They dominate teams in the Mountain West, and they win by almost five touchdowns in the last few years in games one and two at the big house. I love this bet. I think it's well worthy of a best bet, my man. I do too. I like it. I like him coming back. Uh, yeah. I, I do. Uh, I'm really curious though. What, what is it like uh, watching a football game in Jim Harbaugh's uh, den there? It's got to be great. Is it, or does he have like a lot of rules? Like, uh, you know, I think, do you think he wears the pin in the khakis while he's watching it? Yes. Home? Yes, I do. And I, and I think, uh, I think it's not just, you know, I'm, I'm cool with coasters, you know, coasters make sense, but is he telling you exactly where to place the coaster? Like, and how, Ooh, and is that what, true. what's going on? What's going I wouldn't on? want to test it. <laughs> all right, let's, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. UAB at Georgia Southern. Here's a game I think we both kind of like. At least you like UAB. It's definitely from last year coming into this yep. year. Georgia Southern favored by seven in this one. The over-under is 60. Both teams coming off of lopsided wins in week one against non-major teams. But here's the question I keep coming back to. Is Georgia Southern a one-score favorite at home here? I mm. Not on paper, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, out of the two QBs, and this is how I broke it down, the Blazers QB looked Far more confident, in my opinion, last week. He threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns, but his completion percentage, 93%. That's a confident quarterback. He ran five times also for 31 yards, so not afraid to take off. For Georgia Southern, their quarterback, Davis Brin, threw for 244, two touchdowns, but he also threw a pick. Threw uh -oh. a pick. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's the Turnovers. difference for me in this one. My best bet is you take UAB, man, and the points on the road here, plus seven. They cover that, I think, pretty easily. I right. like it, sir. I like it, too. John, if you like that, you're really going to like this. So here we go. 
We chatted with a guy recently who knows a thing or two about NFL analytics. We're going to get to our NFL best bets coming up here shortly. But this guy knows all this stuff because basically, John, he invented the whole thing. <laughs> what a what a find we had with him. He, this guy was great. And you might know him from his book, The Hidden The Hidden Game of Football. You might know him from his almanac, the FTN Football Almanac. Or you might know him as a creator of DVOA. He is none other than Aaron Schatz. Yeah, and he just recently announced his new role as Chief Analytics Officer for FTN Networks. And all of his advanced football data is available right now on FTNFantasy.com. Here is our interview with Aaron Schatz. Aaron, welcome to the Daddy Sharps podcast. You know, we've been using your analytics for a long time now, so we are super excited to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the kind words. If it wasn't for everybody using my analytics, I wouldn't be able to do football for a living, which is <laughs> better than having a real job. Well, we're glad that you do do football for a living. Uh, let's begin with the, the new recent big announcement that you made. Tell us about the new website and, and how excited are you about your new home? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be wanted. You know, for, for folks who don't know, Football Outsiders is the site that I started 20 years ago. And um, I sold it and then it got sold by the sellers and then, uh, it's had some financial problems and I ended up having to resign and, and move on. So I have landed with the FTN network, which is actually a network of three sites, FTN fantasy, FTN daily and FTN bets. For now, you'll find me at FTN fantasy. In fact, specifically FTNfantasy.com slash DVOA. Uh, my content will be there this season, my writing three times a week, as well as all of my advanced stats. We're gradually getting all the advanced stats up. All the stats all the way back to 1981 are all going to be up. Plus, FTN data is a part of FTN that does charting, which is going to open up a lot of opportunity for me to expand what I do, because I'm going to have, instead of waiting till the end of the season to get charting data, I'm going to have charting data live during the season. So, for example, I debuted yesterday a new version of our receiving DVOA numbers that are based on routes run rather than targets. And once we figure out how to program it and get all the other stats up, we're going to be able to have this done live during the season. And it's a much more accurate portrayal of the quality of wide receivers because of the importance of earning targets in an offense. Like that is a skill. So you want to judge receivers by all the routes that they run and how often they earn targets, not just by the targets that they earn. Awesome. So I'm John, and I just wanted to ask you a quick question here. Uh, a lot of our listeners have heard about DVOA, but they may not know what it means. So it's defense adjusted value over average, but um, kind of explain that to our listeners. What, what exactly is it looking at? What does it entail? Yeah. First of all, if I had known 20 years ago that this was <laughs> going to be more than a goofy hobby, I probably would have named it something simpler, but we, here we are 20 years later. This is what we call it. Uh, DVOA takes every single play during an NFL season and looks at the success of that play based on the down and distance adjusted for situation and opponent. So that is the basic explanation. There's a much more complicated explanation. I think it really goes into things, 
But that's the basic explanation of what DVOA is. Success on every play based on situation and opponent. Awesome. Thank you for that. And then there's some listeners on the other side of the spectrum, too, that are going to know exactly what it is. And uh, let's touch on that, though, going back, though, in history, how it all kind of started. I read somewhere that the DVOA started uh, with the A-Train, Mike Allstott, back in 2002. It was like early analytics back then, uh, you know, data you had to kind of grab from wherever you could get it. And uh, the people who were doing that uh, the best they could <laughs> said that Allstott was the best running back that year. Well, you... it was my numbers that said that, basically. It's interesting. It's funny because today, if you want, if you're a young kid and you want to do football analytics, there is a freely available database of every play in the league going back to 1999. 20 years ago, there was no such thing. And I had to cut and paste out of ESPN play-by-play logs in order to create my database. So I used some ideas from the book called The Hidden Game of Football, uh, called Success Points, which gave you a certain amount of points based on the down and distance for how successful a play was. So I added up all the success points for the 2002 season, and I ended up with Mike Allstott as the best running back in the league. Now, this did not make sense because, come on, let's get real. But then I realized the reason why Allstott came out number one is because Allstott tended to get the ball in places when success meant a lot, right? Goal line, third and one, fourth and one, success means a lot. So I said, what if instead of just how much success does Allstott have, we compare Allstott to what an average running back did in the same situation? And it turns out the average back I had compared every player to average I came out with Priest Holmes as the best running back in the league and if you know football back 20 years ago you know that that makes a lot more sense yeah it, it sure does and uh and along those lines uh you, you kind of touched on it uh you know when we look at analytics today I can't believe that we're talking about the cheetah and and route running uh where have analytics come uh from from then till now and and what are we looking at it you know, for the future, are we going to be seeing models with, you know, incorporate, I don't know, uh, gen AI or something like that to, to spend out things we don't even oh. know. Sure. Oh my God. Absolutely. I, I do not doubt that AI is going to eventually be involved in modeling things on the field. There, there are, I would say there's three big, um, breakthroughs in analytics. Um, the first is I'd sort of share myself with, the other people who were doing things early, like Brian Burke, and that was just doing play-by-play breakdowns that were based on the success of individual plays, considering the down and distance. Considering that official NFL rankings are still based on total yardage, which is dumb, like that's a big breakthrough. The second breakthrough was the addition of charting of things that are not in the play-by-play. We started our charting project in 2005. Pro Football Focus, I think, starts in 2006. Uh, Casey Joyner started in 2005. So that's the second breakthrough is adding charting data, which allows us to do things like Roots Run. The third breakthrough is the NFL Next Gen Stats. That's the chips in the pads that allows every team to have tracking data of the movement of all 22 players on every play. And that is like a 
fire hose of data that has come at NFL teams over the last five or six years. Those of us on the outside do not generally have access to this data unless they release it a couple years afterwards for things like the big data bowl. But like the live in-season next-gen stats, the NFL teams have access to and ESPN gets a little bit of access and then that's about it. But what the analysts for the teams can do with this data is phenomenal. So many cool ideas, like the idea of the, the big data bowl of um, expected rushing yardage on a play based on where all the blockers and defenders were at the point of the handoff. Like, I mean, imagine 20 years ago when I was cutting and pasting into Excel, I huh. never would have imagined that kind of research. So um, where analytics can go from here with all of that data from the next gen stats and the use of AI, is, it's probably pretty awesome. That's cool. So Aaron, uh, as you know, this is a betting podcast and we want to kind of get, get your insight with some of these numbers. What's the data saying? So I kind of wanted to ask you a couple, couple rapid fire questions. Just kind of give us your thoughts. Uh, is there any team out there right now? No one's expecting it, but the data saying these guys are going to be much better than expected. Who, who is the data pointing out? Sure. Um, I like green Bay more than the market. But you you have to make a lot of sort of expectations of Jordan Love with that. So, you know, that's a little bit shakier of a number. Um, the, the, the team I've talked about a lot is Atlanta. Huh. Like our numbers really like Atlanta this year. They've added a lot of defensive talent. And there's a number of reasons to believe that their defense can improve significantly. And then their schedule is really easy. Like the New Orleans and Atlanta schedules are much easier than the rest of the league. But the public knows that about New Orleans. I don't think they quite understand that about that Atlanta is in the same boat as New Orleans. So mm -hmm. New Orleans number in the markets, I think, is 9.5 and Atlanta's is 8.5. And I like the over on both teams, but I like the over on Atlanta better because over 8.5 is better than over 9.5. On the flip side, what about a team that's, that's getting a lot of hype right now, but your numbers are saying, hey, you guys better beware here. Yeah, I don't think people understand just how bad a passer Justin Fields was the last two years for the Chicago Bears. Um, uh, yes, Chicago made good moves in the offseason. Yes, Chicago will be better than last year. Yes, Justin Fields will be better than last year, but their defense still looks lousy. And Fields was horrible as a passer the last two years. Fabu fabulous as a runner, right? Horrible as a passer. Uh, the worst bet in the world, I feel like, is this Justin Fields to win the MVP craziness. Because so let's imagine that to win the MVP, Justin Fields has to be only an above average passer, not a particularly good passer, just above average. He has so much rushing value that all he has to be is just a little bit above average. Would you like to know how many quarterbacks in the last 42 years have been as bad as Justin Fields in two years, and then in the third year been above average? Oh, it's got to be zero, right? Zero. Oh, God. What is One. Oh, geez. Jeff George in oh, 1993. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's how he That's kept getting all those it. jobs afterwards. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, okay, so the one thing he has in common with Fields is high draft position and potential, right? So who knows? Maybe Fields is the second one. I don't want to bet on that. And if you bet Chicago over seven and a half, you are honestly betting on that. You are betting that Justin Fields will not just be better, but that Justin Fields will actually be an above average passer. And his DVOA, passing DVOA the last two years was at like minus 25 and minus 35. Like really, really low. He takes way, way too many sacks. Way too many sacks. And I don't think the presence of DJ Moore is going to change that at all. So yeah, I am not a fan of Chicago over seven and a half. When you when you say his number was that low, what other quarterbacks are around him there? Zach Who Wilson. Can he compare to? Oh, Zach Wilson. Wow. That was Zach Wilson good. was higher than him last year, mm. but lower than him in 2021. That's I mean, yes. I mean, you know, every excuse that people use for fields is accurate, right? He had a bad offensive line and bad receivers and not, a, you know, it was problem. Uh, his offensive line doesn't look that much better. The receivers are going to be better, but I just, he, he's going to be better. But to go from minus 35 to above zero is one heck of a jump. Yeah, we were talking. Finally, my last one here for you. What uh, what teams do you see in the Super Bowl this year? What is the number saying? Okay, well, uh, our projections for the preseason would put Buffalo and Dallas in the Super Bowl. But my personal pick is Buffalo and San Francisco. Wow. We have a pack of four four teams that are sort of ahead of the rest of the league: Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, and Dallas. And when it comes to the NFC and the playoffs and the chips are down, I just, I know that Dallas has the better quarterback, but I trust Kyle Shanahan over Mike McCarthy when the chips are down in the playoffs. I feel more comfortable picking San Francisco. With Buffalo versus Kansas City, I'm going to fully admit that a little bit of this is that picking Kansas City every year is boring. You could pick Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl every year until Mahomes retires and probably be in, have a good probability, but it's at some point, one of these years, Buffalo is going to do it. And if they're going to do it, it better be this year because they're going into major cat problems in 2024. This is not the end of windows for them, but it's the end of this window. Like there will be another window because Josh Allen will still be there and Sean McDermott will still be there. And the next window for them opens up in 2025 or 2026. But this is the end of Buffalo's current window. So I think they can do it. Nice. They can do it finally. Yeah, that that's fantastic yeah. stuff. Although I, I do have to uh, say, and with all uh, respect, that uh, you're wrong. You're wrong because the Seattle Seahawks will be in the Super Bowl and they will win it this year. My Seahawks. And I, I noticed that Patriots right up over your left shoulder there. Yeah, the that's Patriots. my team, the Patriots. Yeah. Yep. I just <laughs> Six rings. Hard to oh, fight with man. a Patriots fan. <laughs> the Patriots are now, of course, the Patriots are now the most boring team in the league. <laughs> I was reading some people this morning talking about how bad they're going to be. What are you talking about how bad they're going to be? Bad is interesting. They're going to be eight and nine and dull. That's what they're going to be. They are, their defense is good. Their offense is not as bad as people think. Their schedule is hard. Bill Belichick is too good a coach for them to bottom out. They're going to go eight and nine or nine and eight every year until Belichick finally retires which means they're never going to be in the draft position to actually rebuild. So as yeah, a Patriots fan, you're point. not worried about the Jets at all. 
what do you mean? I mean, worried about the <laughs> worried worried in what way? Like the Patriots are what they are. They're average and dull. Like the Jets are interesting and good. The Jets are going to be good this year. The the Patriots are the worst team in their division, but it's it's not the best division in the game because based on our projections, we actually like Pittsburgh better than New England. So we have the AFC North as the best division in the game. Yeah, that's probably a good call too. And that's who the Seahawks have to play this season, which, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. They're a young team. I just saw that they had 38% as of this morning, 38% of their roster uh, are either freshmen or sophomores, like first yeah. or second years in the league. So it's our projections for Seattle are interesting. We have them dropping on offense and improving on defense. And subjectively, if you were to ask me, I would say we're wrong. <laughs> I think their offense will be better than we are projecting and their defense will not be as good as we are projecting. But overall, I think it'll come out to about what we're projecting, which is that they'll go about eight and nine or nine and eight, similar to the Patriots, but in a more interesting fashion. Yep, totally, totally. And real quick, uh, just one more question, because uh, John's in Denver. That's his team. The Broncos, how are they going to look? How's Russ? Is he going to be cooking this season? I was afraid to I ask. I feel like, the the look, the most probable result is that Russell Wilson will be better than last year, but not as good as he used to be. Yeah. The, the problem is, so let's say you build a stat projection system and you want to say, what is the meaning of Sean Payton? The only example of Sean Payton you have as a head coach is New Orleans, and he almost always had Drew Brees. So when you go back, you can't separate what was Drew Brees and what was Sean Payton. It's not like Sean Payton has this long track record of overperforming expectations with multiple quarterbacks and multiple teams. Primarily, it's Drew Brees. So you can't say for sure that Sean Payton's going to make things any better than any other first-year head coach. Subjectively, we all want to believe that Payton is a very good head coach. But I don't feel like statistically you can make that claim because you just don't have a sample size of him separate from the Saints team to say, okay, now with this completely different team, he's going to make things so much better. So I think the Broncos are going to be somewhat better but not that much better. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. They're counting on Randy Gregory to be healthy. Good luck with that. Sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> you, you make every, Aaron, you make everything, you, you add clarity to everything, and it makes sense sure. every time uh, you analyze it. Hey, so we can follow you on Twitter or X, if whatever one you want to call it, uh, A-Shots NFL. Yep, uh, A-S-C-H-A-T-Z NFL on uh, Twitter, X, and also Threads which you know we're trying to use a little bit more now that they have a web application you're on threads my my daughter would be proud of you that, that's awesome uh hey your almanac can we still get the ftn football almanac still plenty of time absolutely for that? go to ftnfantasy.com to get the pdf you can download that immediately for 35 dollars. it's over 450 pages of previews all 32 teams most accurate team projections in the business or if you want a physical copy delivered to you by amazon you can go to Amazon, search for FTN Football Almanac 2023. Awesome. And you mentioned the site. I'll mention it again. You can get all of your analytics, and, and there's more coming throughout the early part of the season. FTNFantasy.com. Aaron, what a pleasure having you on the Daddy Sharps podcast. We really appreciate having you here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Interesting take there. Worst bet in the NFL this year. Justin Fields wins the MVP. And because of that information and all the stats that he gave us on how bad Justin Fields actually is, 
I have a little bet in the featured bet section on our website that you guys are going to want to check out. So I followed his advice. I'm following DVOA. I'm I'm deep into the analytics, Luke, and I'm going to go with it. We're deep, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot, lot, of, lot of interesting insights there about who's going to be, you know, kind of, you know, average teams that I thought were going to be standouts. And and uh, Justin Fields, man, we kind of saw it in the preseason you know, in the first at least the first two games, like none of his passes were beyond the line of scrimmage. They were all they're all yeah uh to the flat. So um yeah, excellent stuff there. Uh definitely check out uh the DVOA. If you're not looking at those as analytics, I, I mean I can't help you. We can't help you. But <laughs> but hey man, speaking of that, let, let's just let's just let's get to it. Uh we've got uh our NFL best bets. The first Ooh, finally here, finally oh, here. The opener, second season, first time this year that we're, we're on NFL, John. I am going to give you the honors, my man. Start like us out with I like it, sir. Well, I'm gonna pick the game NFL that's best <laughs> I'm gonna pick the game that's furthest away from us right now. I'm gonna do Buffalo currently to line at minus two and a half at the New York Jets. My best bet, Buffalo minus two and a half. I got this line very early at minus one and a half, but that's a little unfair to tout it now. So two and a half is still okay. And it has climbed to minus two and a half. I'd still like to buy it until it gets to minus three. Sharps agree at last check, 24% of the bets were on Buffalo, 56% of the handle. So the big money is on the bills. The Jets are the media darlings. Can this line go back down? Maybe. But minus two and a half is obviously a good number. Let's take a closer look at the series here under Robert Sala. The Bills, they're three and one with Sala as the head coach of the New York Jets with an average margin of victory of 18 points. The one loss, the Jets won 20 to 17, still a close game in the game played in New York City, the, the games that were played there, like this one's going to be, the Bills were favored by an average of 12 points. The line is saying all offseason additions of the Jets are worth 10 and a half points. I don't think so. That's what I mean by media darling. The squares are watching all of the coverage and buying the Jets. In the lone win for the Jets, Allen threw two interceptions. It turned out to be, statistically speaking, one of the Allen's five worst career games he was also sacked five times in the series under sala buffalo has gone two and two against the spread those spreads were an average of 12 and a half they never had a spread smaller than 10 at two and a half or less buffalo would have covered three and one now the other side we are lucky in that the bills played green bay last year on that day rogers lost the game 27 17 and his sixth lowest passing yardage of any game last season. This is the same offense and basically the same cast of players. You got Lazard, Cobb, Rogers. Finally, the play caller, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, he's got a very, a very special and tender spot in my heart. He'll be <laughs> calling the plays. <laughs> he's going to be calling the plays here. And to the surprise of a lot of people, this is something he's never done for Rogers. Not even as the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Those play calls came from the head coach. You know what Rodgers was saying about Hackett when he took the job as the Broncos what? head coach? He never mentioned his coaching. He said, oh, I love to play darts with that guy in the locker room. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And this is the guy that's going to call his plays now. My best bet on Monday Night Football, take one of the elite teams in the NFL at less than a field goal against a team with a bunch of brand new parts playing together for the first time in a live game. Yeah, couldn't agree more. 
I think yeah. uh, sharp money's on there for a reason. All right, my first best bet of the NFL season, Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers favored by three. The over and under in this one, John, is 51. A little high for my taste, I, I think. Uh, but my best bet, give me Miami plus three, my man. Ooh. These teams are equal, equal on paper in my mind. I, I don't like this, first of all that a ton of starters for the Chargers did not play one down, one snap in the preseason. That includes Justin Herbert. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more Dolphins fans in the seats for this game. It is the Chargers after all, and Chargers fans are non-existent in L.A. But speaking (laughs) of quarterbacks, Herbert is as good as it gets in the NFL. I mean, you, you want that guy on your team. He's a good quarterback. But he threw for 25 touchdowns in 17 games last season with a 68% completion percentage. That's really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know who else threw for 25 tutties? Oh, tell me. Tua. What? Tua threw for 25 <laughs> touchdowns in just 13 games with a 65% completion rate. He had eight interceptions versus Herbert's 10 interceptions. I know if you spread those out over more games, it's not as much. But my point is, it's arguable that Miami has the better receiving core. I I would make that case. Waddle, I think, you know, he's got he's dealing with an injury, but it's been all camp long. You were telling me earlier, it's not it's not a big deal. You get the guy on your fantasy team for a reason because he's going to be just fine. (laughs) And they got the cheetah. I mean, they got the cheetah. They got so many targets, man. I just don't understand why they are three-point dogs. I mean, is home field advantage really worth three points? I don't think so. Maybe no. two at most. And is there a player on the Chargers or Miami uh, that, that, you know, if they didn't play or did play, would equal a point? I, I don't know. Maybe Cheetah? Maybe? I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just don't get it, man. Dogs tend to do well in week one. Let me say that again. Dogs do well, usually, in week one. Give me the road dog, Dolphins. And the three points, that is the best bet. Oh, I like it, sir. I like it. And that's going to be a very entertaining game. Next game here, Arizona at Washington. Washington minus seven right now. My best bet, Washington minus seven. I I know the number. I know it's a little little scary here. You're all in. Yeah, but I'm going with the commanders. This is the kind of game that Daddy Sharps love to bet, Luke. We scour the entire slate and look for the matchups that no one's talking about. This is probably not a game that people are going to watch outside of Arizona and Washington. Actually, let me phrase that. Outside of Washington. I don't think Arizona's nice. watching this team this year. Nice. <laughs> Arizona has showed us, and especially me, exactly why this season, what this season's all about tanking for the USC quarterback in May. They released one of the league's top wide receivers, Hopkins, on your fantasy team. On the same day in August, they traded their starting defensive weapon, and then they traded away one of their best offensive linemen. Then they cut what was, what was expected to be the starting quarterback, Colt McCoy, a week ago. Did I mention Kyler Murray is injured? He's not playing. So basically, mm. they're going with a brand new quarterback in this system, and he's got mm, a week and a half to prepare. Washington hired Andy Reid, longtime student of the game, Eric Bieniemy, to run the offense. That and a young quarterback that turned heads in preseason with good play and a young stud wide receiver to pair with him. Squares and sharps agree, my man. 74% of the bets coming in on Washington, 86% of the money. I'm looking at a team 
that I like a lot here. And this is a team that tells me they want to win. Arizona's telling us all they don't want to win games this year. Give me Washington minus seven. It's going to be fascinating throughout the season. Uh, what, what is Arizona doing here? Exactly. Are they, are they really? T- I mean, I you know, you got Herm, Herm Edwards in my mind. You, you, you play to win the game. I just don't. I, I just don't get it, man. It's, yeah. it's, 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 well, we'll find out. So, all right, here we go. My next best bet. I'm looking at a team that you really like in, yes. in week one. You yes. The Pittsburgh yes. Steelers. They're home against the 49ers of San Francisco. The 49ers favored by two and a half. Big news, by the way. Nick Bosa Ooh, yeah. finally signed a contract. The, the most expensive football player outside of any quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> yes. Unreal. The over-under in this one is, is 41. So here's what I like. I like the Steelers and the points. However, I like them more in a teaser with oh, the Green Bay go. Packers. I like oh, the Packers. Tasty. Packers are on the road at Chicago. The Bears are favored by one. The over-under there in that game is 43 and a half. Look, especially what Aaron Schatz said about Justin Fields. We can't. Yep. We can't repeat that enough. And <laughs> the Bears offense. We, we, we saw him, you know, close to zero yards beyond the, you know, uh, in games and the first game, at least, uh, he just, he threw the ball like, uh, to the line of scrimmage, maybe once or yeah. twice. Not good. Not good. And it was not good, man. It was like the last preseason game when he did it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. And the Packers own the bears at soldier field. Look, it, Jordan Rogers Love, told us look, that's right. Rogers, <laughs> he, the belts, I, I own you. Yep. Uh, that was Rogers and this is Jordan Love. No, so there mm-hmm. is that. This is yes, Jordan sure. Love, but uh yes, we do love Jordan Love if we are buying through the seven, my man, on a teaser. The Steelers like are a it. tough team to beat at home. Tough at home. Looks like Brock Purdy is the QB for the 49ers. I mm-hmm. still think he needs to prove himself in hostile environments like Heinz Field. He's never done that. The terrible towels going. You got the Nick Bosa factor, but I don't. I don't think he makes up for it here. You know, he hasn't been in camp all year, and I. I. I don't even know. Is he going to play? I. I haven't. The, I haven't the latest. I just, I just saw it. The latest is he's actually going to suit up. But how effective is he count, really going to be? Snap count. Snap yeah. count. You, you don't put a guy out there like that and and just let him go all game. Mike Tomlin has been saying also in press conferences that they have been preparing like Bosa will play, so they're mm-hmm. ready for it. Give me the Steelers teased up to eight and a half. And the Packers to the seven, that is a best bet. Ooh, I like it. Our first teaser bet of the year. Let's go. There you go. And Luke, we got a quick reminder here. We have a ton more bets on college and the NFL. We like to call them our Daddy Sharps featured bets, my man. We share all of them exclusively on our website, daddysharps.com. And you can see our beautiful faces when you go and look at them. Oh. And all of our feature bets are free. Check those out. Who doesn't like free? Who doesn't? All right. Let's recap our college and NFL best bets for this week, John. Who do you like? Tell me again. Who do you like? Ooh, I got, I like Sam Houston at Air Force. I like Air Force minus 15 and a half and UNLV at Michigan. My best bet there, Michigan minus 35 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to tell you on both of those as well. Uh, SMU at Oklahoma, my best bet, fade the Sooners. Boomer Sooner, fade them. Oh, oh. <laughs> fade them. SMU plus 16 and a half, that will happen. And also, 
UAB, the Blazers versus Georgia Southern, playing at Georgia Southern. My best bet, UAB plus six. Off to the NFL. I'm taking a Monday night football game. The game everybody's talking about, Buffalo at the New York Jets. And I'm going with the best bet, Buffalo, minus two and a half. At three, I'm probably going to stay off. And then Arizona at Washington. Arizona says, we don't want to play this year. I'm going to take the best bet, Washington Commanders, minus seven. Yeah, Washington just just absolutely rejoicing over the new ownership situation. <laughs> the fans are back. Yep. Oh, okay, Miami at Los Angeles Chargers, my best bet. Take Miami plus three. Do yourself a favor. They're, they're going to be decent this year, and, and they're just as good as the Chargers. And then I love a teaser. I got Pittsburgh plus eight and a half with the Packers plus seven. Tease that up. Those are winners as well. All right, my man. That's going to do it for the Daddy Sharps podcast this week. But remember... Always gamble responsibly and within your means. And the bets that we share are based on our own research. We don't always win. And be sure to check us out on social media. Look for the Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. And we're going to be back next week with all our best bets and much more. And visit our website, daddysharps.com. But, John, who is your daddy? We are. Oh, stay sharp, everybody.